I'd love to share with you some reflections on Psalm 46. Verses 1 to 3. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Psalm 46 begins with the assumption that trouble and weakness are forefront. Trouble and vulnerability naturally lead to fear. So in the face of trouble, weakness and fear, the psalmist offers his audience a refuge from the turmoil of that trouble, be what it may. A refuge is a place of safety, a place of retreat and rest, a place where you can let your guard down and stop striving to defend or attack the enemy at hand. It is a place where we do not have to have all the answers. I had a rather restless night's sleep last night. I woke around 3am and found it hard to get back to sleep. I had so many questions about what to do about this situation and what to do about that situation. So many, if not all, of our plans have been disrupted. And it's both unsettling and disorientating to try and now navigate this new normal for the unforeseeable future. I'm sure you can relate. I then moved beyond myself and our church and started to think about all those people who this very week became unemployed, imagining all the questions and uncertainty they must be facing. And then my thoughts turned to those who are physically ill and have been infected by COVID-19. Imagine the questions and uncertainty that they must be facing. In the midst of feeling overwhelmed and uncertain about a number of matters, reading this psalm afresh this morning reminded me that I don't need to have all the answers to those problems. I can take refuge and rest in the safety of God, trusting that he will reveal those answers in his good time. When we find ourselves in a place of great weakness and vulnerability, isn't it reassuring to know that when we turn to God for refuge and strength, there is no need to fear. We can exchange our fear for faith and have the assurance that our God who is ever present will indeed be our help. The God who works around the clock for the well-being of his people can be trusted. The psalmist depicts some powerful images of the mountains and the sea, the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. In the ancient world, the mountains symbolized the pillars of the earth that stabilized it over the chaotic waters. The description of the mountains falling into the heart of the sea is an image of complete and utter chaos and destruction. It is a frightening picture to say the least. Even in the face of a dreadful, world-ending catastrophe, with God as our refuge and strength, there is no need to fear. It certainly sounds easier in theory than in practice, though, doesn't it? We are then taken to a very different scene in verses 4 to 7, where we move from chaotic, life-destroying waters to calm, life-giving waters. Verse 4, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. 
Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Psalm 46 is known as a song of Zion. These are songs that lift the thoughts and hopes of the congregation to the ultimate dwelling place of God, the true Jerusalem. This is an image of the actual place of refuge, a place of calm in contrast to a place of chaos, a place where waters stream and not rage, a place of dwelling where the presence of God evokes gladness. This is the place of stability and safety. This is the place where strength is found. Strength is found in the calm. I particularly like the fact that the city is referred to as her. Such language conveys a tenderness, a gentleness, a motherly tone of God's care and oversight for the well-being of his dwelling place and all of its inhabitants. Verse 6 says that the nations are in uproar, that kingdoms fall. It's a picture of war, destruction and desolation. The words that come to mind with these images are loud, drastic, fretful, chaotic, disaster, conflict. And into this situation, God lifts his voice and the earth melts. This speaks to the power and authority of God's voice and God's word. God is sovereign. He is in control. He is over it all. He is above and beyond anything that happens on this earth. The earth submits to the authority, rule and reign of his commanding word. What he has made, he can unmake. This week, we have seen in our own country and around the world the kingdom of the economy falling. We will never forget the images of those Centrelink lineups. Thankfully, our government is doing everything it can to cushion the blow and provide support and means to assist people at what is such an unrivaled time in our nation's history. But ultimately, we know that our hope is not in the systems and structures of this collapsing world but in the God who speaks light and life into the midst of chaos. I'm reminded of Genesis 1.1, where the very first act of God is to speak, let there be light. Into the empty darkness, God speaks and there is light, which in turn leads to flourishing life. This is who God is, and this is what God does. At the sound of his voice, chaos can turn into calm. Verse 8, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Did you notice the repeated refrain of verse 7 and verse 11? The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The Lord Almighty, or as other translations say, the Lord of hosts, is a reference to God's military strength in the face of battle. 
That seems reasonably straightforward to understand. But what about the term, the God of Jacob? What is meant by this description? Why not the God of Noah? Or the God of Abraham, for example? What is significant about Jacob? The story of Jacob occupies the pages of Genesis 25 through to 50. Jacob exchanged the birthright of his firstborn twin brother Esau for some stew. And he received the blessing of a firstborn through deceiving his father Isaac by pretending to be his hairy hunting brother. Jacob himself was deceived on the night of his first marriage. He expected Rachel, but received Leah. Jacob had 12 sons, 11 of whom deceived their father and disowned their brother Joseph. Many of you will know the story. Here's the point. Jacob's life is a story of ups and downs. It is a story of mountains and seas. One commentator writes, Genesis 25 to 50 depicts a family life filled with crises, dramas, deceptions, feuds, rebellion, heartache, and colliding personalities that roar and foam. Condense it into 147 half-hour episodes and you have the mother of all soap operas. But remember how God used Joseph for good and through him rescued the nation of Israel from famine and certain death. That God used such a man as Jacob and brought his chaotic family under control for his own purposes reminds us that our God, the one who makes good come from chaos, is with us. Verses 8 to 10 describe God's infinite power and capacity to bring about his purposes and his will. The will and capacity of God overshadows the chaos of the raging wars and natural disasters. In the face of fear, trouble, calamity, chaos, confusion and disruption, God himself says to us, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. These are very instructive words for such a time as what we find ourselves in. They are a command to let God be God, a reminder of who is king, a reminder of who sits on the cosmic throne. Just as many of us are making time each day to listen to or watch the daily news, to learn of the latest developments and changes, let us also make time daily to be still and know that the Lord Almighty is with us. That the God who turns chaos and disorder around for good is with us. The Lord Almighty is with us. He is on his throne. He is in control. He can use all things for his glory and purposes in the face of vulnerability fear and trouble, we will trust in him. Amen.